Anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 244 now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios, and coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the people, some of the books, some of the podcasts that we have listened to through the pandemic pandemic that have actually been really helpful for us and helpful for our mental health. So we're going to share some of those things with you. Also, uh, (laughs) are are vaccine passports about to become an issue in Washington State and all around the country and all around the world? I think vaccine passports already are an issue. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. 15,000 bees were just saved by who? What's going on here? Uh, this was an interesting story. And my brother, this comes from Las Cruces, New Mexico. And you better give your backstory because Ron is a bee expert, you guys. Uh, so this is um, in Las Cruces, New Mexico, and the bees have been swarming down there. And so, again, a uh, disclaimer, you tell me when it gets too too much info and too technical on the bee stuff. So bee swarmed. There was a black, kind of an old uh, Coupe de Ville type of car with the window, the backseat window cracked open because it was probably pretty hot in Las Cruces. There's a lot of those cars just out in the desert and, and, and all over New Mexico. And so the guy went into the store. And when he got back, this swarm of bees had taken up home in the back seat of the car. And, and Just why he went in the store. Yeah. That's incredible. And um, so he came back in. He didn't notice it at first. He gets in the car. He starts the engine. And then he hears the... And he freaks out, slams the door, scares some of the bees. The bees start cruising around. There was an off-duty... I think he was a firefighter that was a part-time beekeeper. And so he went and got his kit his suit and his gloves and his smoker and some essential oils and a, a bee box and stuff. And he came and he got the swarm out. Um, but people were freaking out, I guess. Uh, one of the security guards at the store tried to take matters in his own hands. He ended up getting stung, which means he was swiping at bees and smacking them. Uh, that's the only reason they're going to. How do you, how do you, t- how does that work? How do you take a swarm out? And, and, it, so, and, and how can, and how could a group of 15,000 bees from the time and, and, and Ron's been a beekeeper and, and he's done BCD, uh, CDs and books back when they did CDs. Uh, it, it seems impossible. I, so you're telling me I could, I could pull up at a Walgreens, on a hot day, jump out of the car, go inside, do some shopping. By the time I come back out, there's a group of 15,000 bees that I don't even notice are in my car, are in my car, and I get in the car, I start the engine, and oh, it, it seems like an impossible story to me. So here's, this is a little bit about bee biology that's that's always fascinating to people. So let's say you have a beehive, and they we always think of them in a box, but it could be in a tree, uh, could be in a hollowed out stump, wherever this hive is. And the queen is cruising around laying eggs in the hive. Well, the, at, at some point, the queen begins to lose her zhuzh. And the hive itself. Don't all the queens begin to lose their zhuzh. They do. <laughs> and so 
I dated her. (laughs) Through a miracle of uh, evolution, the way that bees have uh, have been able to stay alive these millions of years is the hive will split. And the they will create, and nobody scientists really don't understand how this works. There's some sort of pheromone level that happens in the hive mind itself. Says, okay, time for us to make new queens. And so the worker bees go onto the very bottom of the hive, and they create queen cells. Uh, the queen, the original queen, queen A, queen one, she will lay an egg in these queen cells. And then the nurse bees will put what's called royal jelly. You probably have heard of that before. They put royal jelly inside those queen cells, which are bigger. They're shaped like a peanut. And a queen will now develop in those cells. So the queen one has created, let's say, half a dozen new queens. Wow. And um, then when those queens come out, a hive can only have one queen. Yep. So now you have... Oh, God, I know. Now you, now you have queens, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So you have, let's say we have ten queens. Oh, it's great. Queen one's the original queen, and right. she is the, the mother of every bee in that hive. She's the Queen Latifah. She's the Queen Bee, of, of as the they whole, say. Yeah. So she is now going to swarm. She's going to go, I'm going to leave this hive. And so these other queens are now going to, they pump out pheromones. And a portion of the bees, let's say the hive had 50,000 bees in it, which would be a very healthy, you know, spring, summer hive. That's about 50,000 total bees. So these new queens, they're brand new. They're very young. uh, They're very energetic. And they start pumping out pheromones. And so the the hive itself is sort of like, okay, we have to decide who we're going to follow here. So the let's call them the loyalists. The loyalists for Queen One, 15,000 of them, she goes to the bottom of the hive and she flies away. And those bees that are loyal to her leave with her. And then the ones that stay behind, those nine other queens, they will now battle each other. They have a battle royale. Wow. And whatever queen survives that battle, yep. she's the new queen. Hmm. So all those, it takes about three days for their pheromones to flip over to the new queen. That queen will fly out. She will get impregnated one time by uh, half a dozen to a dozen drone bees in in what's called a bee yard. She comes back the only time she gets impregnated. She will then can lay thousands of eggs a day, every day, day in and day out for sometimes three or four years. It's, It's incredible. Um, the old queen one. So, so the new queen keeps the hive. So if it's all the honey, all the wax, all the honeycomb, the new queen gets the old castle. Hmm. The first queen, they're now out and there have been scout bees that have gone out before she left and scouted out places. So that's where you may have seen movies what's called the 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 bee language the waggles and all that stuff mm-hmm. where a bee will come back in and they'll waggle their tail a certain number of times and they do this this figure eight dance they are communicating to the rest of the hive i think i found a new spot and so they the in Los Cruces, new mexico in Los Cruces, in new 1978 mexico. torino yeah but they probably they probably had something near that parking lot mm. and as the scouts are flying out there they see this new thing it's dark it's got like a, a hole with the window to them looks very inviting. 
they fly into that hole and they're like, this is it. This is the spot. So the, <laughs> the um, scalpies go in the rest of the high falls. Now, if the queen goes inside that cavity, whichever cavity it is, and she starts pumping out pheromones, all the bees are going to cluster around here. They realize they do not have a permanent home yet. So they are going to cluster around the queen, make sure she stays alive, keep her warm and as safe as they can until they can find a permanent home. So they will hang there. And so now they have all fueled up on honey before their trip. They're going to frenetically start building honeycomb. So let's say it's not a car. It's the underside of your barbecue grill or it's a, um, a box. It could be, you know, uh, one of those electrical boxes that has some space in it with, a, with an entrance. They'll go in there and they start building wax as fast as they can. Uh, so that the queen can start laying new eggs, they can start getting new pollen, start making new food sources, and they will start there. Many times, a second queen infiltrates that, so when the first queen dies, the second queen takes over that swarm. So in the firefighter, he goes in there and... and So he goes in there and he takes a bee box, like a hive box, and what he wants to do is to get the queen into the box. So if you get the queen into the box... You can, the, the other bees will march right in. It's the wow. craziest thing. So wow. he will take a lot of times if it's in like a tree or something, you'll just cut the stick off to cut the branch and you just set it in a new box. Cause and, you know, the queen's in there somewhere. Yeah. You're assuming the queen's in the center of that cluster. And then the rest of the bees follow the queen into the box. And so the problem with this one is they're just hanging on the headliner. So he, he sort of has to scrape. He has to kind of scrape it off mm-hmm. or try to uh, – sometimes you'll put like a shoebox or something underneath it and like tap it or like somehow try to scrape it into a container. And that's when the bees get very active and they start flying around and it just freaks people out. They're not necessarily going to get super aggro necessarily, but if you start smacking bees um, when their pollen sacs uh, rupture – it releases another ephemeral from the other, but not the queens, the worker bees. When you kill a bee, it releases an attack pheromone. Uh, and so the rest of the bees smell that and they're like, it's on. And so they will go and attack whatever looks like a bear. So yeah. most of the time human so, beings. So when like you've had bees covering you and you got your little bee suit on, have you ever had a bee get inside and you're like, oh, I've got, I've gotten stung before. I've smacked myself in the face before when a bee's inside the hood. And you just got to keep your cool. Cause you know, yeah. <laughs> it, your pulse goes up the first, you know, a dozen times or so that it, the, the pitch of the hive goes up and that's what freaks you out. Yeah. So like, it's sort of like this pleasant, like, and then when, when it goes and like, it gets up to the pitch and they start dive bombing you, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty true. But that, that firefighter did a great job. Uh, my brother actually collects swarms in New Mexico uh, as a side hustle and um, it's swarm season down there. Okay. Yeah, more on the other side of this. Hey, can you feel it? Spring is in the air. Run it on here for Les Schwab. They're concerned about your safety. 
Every year you should get your tires checked. You should do a visual inspection. And Les Schwab is going to do that for free right now if you're in the Ron and Don Nation. So stop by. They'll do that free visual brake inspection. Plus they'll perform a visual free alignment check to ensure all your wheels are headed in the right, same safe direction. If it's something that you should do anyway, why not do it right now with Les Schwab? If your tires do need to get replaced or you're removing those old studded winter tires and going back to your regular tires, you can save some money right now during the Les Schwab spring tire sale. Right now, save up to $200 when you bundle select tires, wheels, and brakes. It's one of their biggest sales of the year. Schedule your next visit at leschwab.com or stop by and check out the Les Schwab spring tire sale for yourself. Les Schwab, we're doing the right thing matters. I don't think we'd have this house if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. <laughs> Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what I was looking for, and I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process. Run uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process. I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And as you heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. We're buying a lot, selling a lot. We'd love to be a part of your journey. Just reach out to Ron, Ron at windermere.com. And uh, let's get rolling during this historic time. It really is an historic time in, in real estate here around the country and in the Pacific Northwest. Vaccine passports, is this about to become a deal uh, or a deal breaker? We talked about this a little bit in our podcast last week. Here's here's my question, because it seems like kids for an awful long time, maybe well into the fall, uh, aren't going to be vaccinated. So what do you do if your family and mom and dad have been vaccinated? Because it looks like it's about to open up to all of us in a lot of states. But kids under 16, they don't have that vaccine vaccine passport. Let's say they want to go to Shakey's Pizza. Is Shakey's Pizza even open anymore? I don't know if it is. Should you be able to go into Shakey's Pizza like I used to do with my family and drink the Green Goblin Soda and listen to the banjo player? This is back in the day, man, when they have the banjo player and the piano player and they play they, they both those. It wasn't Could even- that be an, worse pizza? What's that? Oh, it was like eating a cardboard box. No, I love the Shakey's Pizza, and I love the Green Goblin. Can I make sure I'm on the same page? The vaccine passport is when you get a document from a government official that 
yeah. that demonstrates that you've been vaccinated. Yeah, and they say in a lot of countries, uh, and we talked about this again last week, a lot of countries around the world, if you don't have that vaccine passport, you're not getting on a plane. You're not going into a restaurant. You're not going into Shakey's Pizza. What say you about having a vaccine passport? And a lot of people feel like, hey, if you have that passport, it should be a passport to freedom. And I know you have a, a trip planned here with your brother and some other trips. You should be able to, to begin to move around the world. And just because there are certain societies that are having a difficulty or will have a difficulty moving toward herd immunity, should you be able to take that vaccine passport and fly into other areas where they're not even close to herd immunity because they don't have the funding that the United States has to, to buy, and some people think uh, unfairly, sit on hundreds of millions of of vaccines and maybe even have more vaccine than we actually need. So what do you, what do you say? Uh, I, I, I think it depends on the restrictions and, and I don't see a downside uh, to incentivize people to get vaccinated. And if that incentive is, Hey, you get this card that shows you got vaccinated and we're going to reward you with certain freedoms that makes total sense to me. I don't know if it should go all the way down to whether or not you could enter a, a, a restaurant or a pizza parlor. Maybe it should, though. Um, like, it obviously couldn't go all the way down to, like, a grocery store because everybody needs to eat. But I think to travel, of course. Like, that just makes sense. Yeah, well, with COVID-19... We know that you can still get sick for COVID-19, but you shouldn't die, they say, if you if you have the vaccine uh, for, the, for most of us. But you still can carry the virus. And so we've seen a lot of people do this this whole year. Cancun has stayed open. I, I've seen a lot of people that I know flying down to Cancun because they're like, hey, they, they are travel friendly. And they're dependent upon people specifically from the United States being able to fly down there. You know that there are people, locals, that have died as a result of people in the United States flying down there and, and, and sharing the virus with them or flying in from other parts of the world. That's my question. When, when, when you look at parts of the world that aren't even close to herd immunity, don't have the vaccine supply that we have and won't have it for a long time, is it fair as a vaccinated person, which I'm not yet, but I plan on getting vaccinated. When I get vaccinated, I have this freedom and go, you know what? I'm flying down to Cancun too, or I'm going to fly into other parts of the world where maybe they are struggling to find vaccine. And I don't care if I happen to take COVID along with me and someone gets sick and dies because at the end of the day, hey, I have this vaccine passport and I should be able to go anywhere around the world I want to well, go. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily how it works, I don't think. Like, you you have friends that live or have places in Hawaii. You have to get a test to show a, a negative COVID test um, prior to getting on the plane You're to Hawaii. You're talking United States. I'm talking... Not the United States. Right. You said flying from here to Mexico. I think it's fair to say if you're doing an international flight within, you know, 36 hours of you leaving, get a, get a COVID test. Like show, so not only have that vaccine passport, but I think it's completely reasonable to say, Don, you're going to, do you want to go to Cancun? Get a test before you go to the airport and demonstrate to us that you are not bringing COVID to Cancun. When does that stop? And do you think the world will ever actually get to herd immunity? Because right now for the world to get to herd immunity uh, would take decades. And for the United States to get herd immunity 
back in December at the rate we were going, it was going to take seven and a half years. Looks like uh, we're going a little quicker now. We're going a lot quicker. I mean, that's above my pay grade to say if it ever goes back to normal. But yeah, I do think there are, you know, there have been pandemics in the world before and we reached a new state of normal. So it's going to get to a new state of normal and too many facets of the economy rely on, on travel and trade. So we're going to figure that out. Uh, but I think this notion that, well, I'm the exception is, is, is ill-advised. I think we have to be very careful is, is, is because we've, we've learned a lot this year about privilege and to live in the United States is a privilege. Uh, we represent 4% of the world's population. We consume 73% of everything there is to consume around the world. We are consumers. Uh, and we have been the driving economic force because of what we consume and also what we create. And we see that China is caught up now. But with all that said, I think we have to be very, very careful and not nonchalant of saying, hey, I'm vaccinated. I have this passport. I'm going to fly into other areas of the world where people aren't vaccinated. And I don't give a damn if they get COVID because I got my passport and I got freedom. I think we do need to think about that, especially in places around the world that are very dependent upon us showing up. So, and, and I also think there's still a lot of confusion. I went to see some clients today and they met the criteria and, and they're fully vaccinated. And when we got to the door, they didn't have masks on and I had my mask on. And they said, uh, you don't have to wear a mask around us. And I said, well, you know what? As a human, I'm going to wear a mask around you. I haven't been vaccinated and I'm going to keep six to 10 feet away. And most of our conversation happened outside. And I said, also as a realtor, my job in Washington State is to keep a mask on. Those are the rules. So I'm a rule follower. I'm going to follow those rules. Well, not always a rule follower, but at least today. You follow the rules that you like to follow. Yeah. Anyway, but, but, but what if all three of us were vaccinated? Then do we have to stand there with masks on? And some would say yes, some would say no. And I think we have to figure out that science. So I'll see you on the other side of this. Whether you're buying or selling, everyone needs a team. That's what Team Bronco did. That's what Team Lone Star did. That's what Team Wallace did. That's what Team Michigan did. Go Blue! Hey, you guys, as you just heard, uh, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. So if you need our help, we do something called a Ron and Don sit down. And last week, I think we did, well, we did lots of sit downs. And we're willing to sit down with you, too. It starts every morning about 730, and we can do it through the course of the morning. Sometimes people just want to know, what's my real estate worth? Or what are some of my options? Or when you say historic, what does that mean and what neighborhoods? What if I live in a bedroom neighborhood? I went out to Snohomish County today. In fact, in the last 10 days, I've been all the way out to Normandy Park, out to Port Orchard, down Tacoma, Puyallup, over on the east side, up in Everett, in Sammamish, and uh, today in Snohomish. You so, do have long-haul trucking in your jeans. Yeah, and we also have one coming on here in Ballard, just sold one on Queen Anne. So if you need us, just reach out. Right, Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. Uh, I think through the, through the course of this year, we've all maybe read some books or we have found things that have been helpful to us, other humans that have been helpful to us. Here, here's what's kind of interesting. I'm going to ask Ron here in a moment. There's a couple of podcasts that I listen to that are real estate podcasts uh, that have been very helpful. I also listen to a podcast about living an alcohol-free lifestyle, uh, which has been also really helpful. If you're interested in that, reach out and, and I'll share that with you. But then... Uh, <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna play something for you because I because I listen to this guy every morning, and he just gets up. He lives in a condo, and he goes on a walk every day. And I don't know if you remember. Do you remember Gladiators? Did you watch Gladiators growing up? The movie? No, no, no. Gladiators, the television show. I don't think so. You're kidding. Is this you, a cartoon? No, no, no. Where, where you would come out and you would fight and you would take on the gladiators? You don't remember? It's When you think about Ninja Warrior right now, the whole ninja. I think I, think I vaguely remember it was, this. It, it was. It was the there was nin- like four different gladiators yeah, and you would take them on. It was the yeah. Ninja Warrior game, but then gladiators would come out and attack you and you'd have to beat right. the gladiators. I think, I think I remember this game. One of the gladiators was Dan Nitro Clark. I remember. I now I remember. And. And and so supposedly he has this book out. He's a public speaker. But when you look at him, I mean, this guy just looks broke. He looks absolutely, and I don't mean financially broke. I mean, he just looks like a broken person. And so I started listening to him out of curiosity because he came up on my Facebook feed. And, 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 and there was a part of me initially that was just kind of enamored by this old gladiator. Now, he would get up in the morning. The reason he was going for these walks, he had a heart attack. He's had to have two knee replacements, hip replacements, all this stuff. Because when these guys did these gladiator games, it's a lot like the WWE. Even though the WWE, you think that's fake wrestling. Ask any guy. Like, I remember we had Diamond Dallas Page uh, in our studio. He put you in the diamond cutter. He put me in the diamond cutter. And then I put him in the Ron and Doninator. And we had some fun with him. But he said, you know, when you would go out, Hulk Hogan, for instance, had, is had 10 back injuries. Uh, and had all kinds of problems as a result of these guys wrestling. So you 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 go through real pain, and you get some real injuries as a result result of that. So as a as a form of therapy from his knees replacement, his heart attack, he gets up in the morning and he goes for a walk. He just walks around, and then he goes live. And there's not even there's like six people that watch him. Damn, Nitro Clark. I'm one of those people. You're one of the six. And 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 this in 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 every morning when I wake up now, it's part of my not my early morning routine, but I always check in on Dan Nitro Clark. So I want you I want you to hear what he said this morning. Hey, good morning, good morning, Dan Nitro Clark here. I hope you're doing fantastic today. Are you doing fantastic? I hope you are. I am thinking about this a lot because this seems to be a common theme with the people I coach, the people I work with, no matter if it's, you know, celebrities or if it's athletes or regular people or business people or CEOs. And I want to make sure that you're not making this deadly mistake when it comes to motivation and inspiration. And why do I call it deadly? I call it deadly. Good morning, Linda. I call it deadly because if you make this mistake, your dreams, your hopes, your wishes, your great ambitions, they're going to die. So I hear that. I mean, what do you think the deadly mistake is? Because Dan Nitro Clark hasn't revealed the deadly mistake. And let's face it, this guy's a gladiator. He almost died. He's almost 60 years old now. He's going for a walk, taking care of himself in the morning, going Facebook Live. He's talking to Linda because she's watching him. But then I, I, he's the only person on Facebook Live I've ever interacted with. And sometimes he'll say my name. And again, there's only six of us watching. I'm thrilled by it. I'm absolutely hey, thrilled watching. that Dan Nitro Clark would, would, 
would talk to me. In fact, yesterday I was asking him about uh, the protein powder that he used to use back in the day. And he says, well, well, hey, Don. And then he went into this whole thing about protein powder where he gets his protein powder. He and I have been doing some intermittent fasting. So I've been getting some ideas about that. Anyway, you're what, BFFs with that. What, th- what do you think? And I'll only play 30 more seconds of it. What do you think Dan is about to reveal the deadly mistake is? Don't be negative. That's why I call it a deadly mistake. I don't want you to make a deadly mistake. I think the number one deadly mistake that you're making probably right now, no matter how successful you are, unsuccessful, or no matter how close you are to living a happy, fulfilled life, no, no matter if you're crushing or not crushing, the deadly mistake that you're making, oh God, that I know I make, <laughs> I make all the time, and, and I have to remind myself, I just... Had to remind myself of this. Uh... There you go. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you because I want more people to tune in to Dan Nitro Clark. I think he should have seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen people following him. Does so if you want to find, if you want to find out what the deadly mistake is, then I would encourage you get to, to the point, Nitro. You know what? That's what you did on American Gladiator. You would build and build and build and build and build. Here's the deadly mistake. I'll tell this you. This morning, last night is that you wait you wait to feel motivated that's right that's the deadly mistake you wait to feel motivated and then he tells a story about what he used to do back in the day to stay motivated and also think about that's this. the longest windup to say you know you, you know, you know what though i get and i used to make fun of him but i give him all the credit because this guy's hobbling with a cane around the block used to be this huge tv star now you have five or six people following you on facebook live and you're sitting there and you're still giving a part of yourself and 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 i used to dumb on him a little bit and now i'm i i i I, like as human to human i love him i love him that he has this audience of six people and that he gets up in the morning and he sticks with it and he stays with it and he actually surprisingly has a lot of great wisdom to share and i have gained a lot of great wisdom from dan nitro clark the former uh american gladiator do you classify yourself as a professional athlete a ceo (laughs) or a famous person. Yeah, I don't he, know. He interacts with I all of them. What about you? What What would I be surprised to know? You know, I, I I read this book, or you know what? I watch this TV show, or you know, and it, it inspires me. It 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 helps me. And I I've been listening to Dan Nutcher Clark now this, this this whole year when he goes on a walk. I know the time that he goes on a walk. It's usually about nine thirty in the morning, and I turn on, I go live with him, and I I go on the walk with. I him. I think the one you you may be surprised by this because I'm a little embarrassed by it. I just watched, and I'll do the Dan Clark thing. I just watched, and I I, I found it uplifting in a way that I was surprised by the new Billie Eilish documentary oh. on Apple TV, huh. and her mom and dad and brother and someone else in the house because she did the, that album, her first album, in their bedroom with her brother Phineas. You're kidding. They were recording on their cell phones, and then there was a cameraman for a while that recorded. So you meet her after she had had some success on Spotify. I think she was 15. But before uh, before she won like six Grammys, and the album wasn't out yet. And so it's just a lot of time her and her brother in the – 
in their bedroom. You watch her get her first car and her driver's license. Uh, you watch her, you know, have to take her retainer out before she did a vocal take. And so, and then go from, <laughs> from that to being the biggest star in the world, number one album in 36 countries. Uh, she does this sequence and it, it, it's just, it's charming in a way. And it takes you back to being a teenager. She was obsessed with Justin Bieber when she was like 11 or 12 years old. And they have a scene where she, and she's being serious. She's about 11 and she's being serious. She's talking to a, a, a camcorder and she's like, you know, I'm really concerned that when I get my first boyfriend that it's not going to work because I don't, there's no way possible that I could love him more than I love Justin Bieber. And so this, whoever my first boyfriend is going to be, and she was being sincere. She's like 11 years old. Oh, she's like, great. whoever my first boyfriend is, is just going to have to realize yeah. that he's never going to be as important to me. And I'm not going to be able to love him as much as I love Justin Bieber. And so it's this huge quandary and they have the tape. They have that video tape. <laughs> then they cut to when she's won an, a Grammy, Justin Bieber FaceTimes with her. Wow. So she's backstage. That's great. And they have the first time she met Justin Bieber in person. So it was at Coachella. Wow. And the cameras were rolling. So you see these moments. And I know as like a middle-aged man, I probably shouldn't be a fanboy for Billie Eilish and, and Phineas. But it was really charming. And you watch her dad. There's this sequence that you would love. She gets she's she has a gold record, six Grammys. And, and so for her birthday, they buy her her dream car, which was like a Dodge Charger or something, wow. a matte black Dodge Charger. And it's the first, so she passes, she passes her DMV, she gets her driver's license, she now has her first car, which is a nicer car than we would have had as our first car. And they have on camera her dad, the first time she's going to drive away by herself wow. in her car. Great. And so she drives away and he's standing there in the driveway and they just leave the camera rolling. And he's like, uh, he said this, Don, and I'll, I'll leave it here with you. He said something to the effect of um, watching your child grow up is a game of tug of war, tug of war that you know you're eventually going to lose. Mm. So he says when they're five, you can sort of tug them your way and you you win. Then when they get to be teenagers, the tug of war is going a little stronger. I think this was him that said this. And he says, and now I just watch my daughter drive away hmm. as she's supposed to. That's what you do when you get your driver's license. And then her mom comes out of the door and she's like, where's Billy? And he's like, she just went for a drive. Hmm. Well, where'd she go? It's like, well, she's going to see her friend in the, and this is pre-COVID. Yeah. She's going to see her friend over wherever. And she's like, well, why didn't you get me? It's like, you were on the phone. So they have this argument and her mom in real time, you're watching probably what every parent goes through is like, my baby just drove a car away from the house by themselves. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. You didn't come grab me. And he's like, honey, this is the world now our daughter has a driver's license and she can now drive yeah. and she just happens to be Billie Eilish. Uh, and it was, it was really a charming movie. Hmm. It was really charming. That's nice. And I, you also, one more thing I, I said, that was the last thing to watch her older brother who did all the production 
uh, he does like the music direction. I'm not going to say he wrote the songs, but he's there in the room encouraging his little sister, helping her realize her dream. He has his own record and he writes his own songs and he has an amazing voice, but he's sort of mature enough to recognize this is lightning in a bottle. I'm going to sublimate myself ego wise to my little sister mm. um, is, is very powerful to watch to, for him to volunteer to step out of the spotlight and go, he, you never hear him say, why, why aren't I the big star? Mm. Why isn't my album uh, number one? He's the one that wrote ocean eyes, her very first song. And she just sang it. He, you never hear him say that should have been me that had that sang ocean eyes and had it blow up. Uh, he just, he revels in the fact that his baby sister is one of the biggest stars in the world. That's awesome. Love it. Hey, you guys, we love it. We love you. And, uh, we love you loving us. That's a lot of love. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. Need to get in touch with us? It's right. Ron, Ron at windermere.com. I'm Don O'Neill at windermere.com. Everything is at Ron and Don. Sitdown.com. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. Keep hitting that subscribe button. Thanks to the million listens. The Ron and Don podcast means so much to us. And if you need us professionally or personally, just reach out. As I said, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time right here for episode 245 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>